Welcome to a new episode of our Europe Monitor, published by MENA Research Center in Vienna. This will probably be the last episode of uh, our summer edition, so don't expect too much uh, political news. Today we are focusing more on uh, new judicial um, topics that deal with Islam and some rumors from the UK together with the scandal uh, in Germany. So let's jump into the newest episode. Let us start with the United Kingdom and some new dubious uh, cash flow problems of the royal family. Because the British royal family, again, is recipient of some dubious money. After the British heir to the throne received millions in cash from a former Qatari prime minister, it has now become known that Osama bin Laden's family was also in a mood to donate. Britain's heir to the throne, Prince Charles, has accepted a one million pounds donation from terrorist Osama bin Laden's half-brothers. The money went to the Prince of Wales Charitable Fund, British media reported. Queen Elizabeth's eldest son met Saudi businessman Bakr bin Laden in October 2013 at his London residence Clarence House. Several advisers had asked the British heir to the throne not to accept or pay back the money. However, Charles ignored their concerns that the donation could damage his reputation. Osama bin Laden, one of the masterminds of the 9-11 attacks in the United States that killed thousands of people and as founder of Al-Qaeda, he was killed by U.S. Special Forces in Pakistan on May 2nd, 2011. There is no evidence, of course, that Bakr bin Laden and his brother Shafia were involved in the attacks, or that they support terrorism. It's not the first time Charles has been criticized for making a donation to his foundation. Just a few months ago, the Sunday Times reported that the Queen's son accepted a total of 3 million euros in cash from Qatar's ex-Prime Minister Sheikh Hamad bin Yassim Altani between 2011 and 2015. A million was stowed in a suitcase and other amounts in shopping bags from a well-known luxury department store in London. I don't want to make any advertising here for the department store, but the store name begins with an H, so you can imagine which store is meant. <laughs> Let's head over to Germany, where the Munich mayor met with representatives of the nationalist and extremist Grey Wolves group of Turkey. 
The mayor of Munich, Dieter Reiter, repeatedly emphasizes that he is committed against all forms of racism, anti-Semitism and right-wing violence. Research by the German newspaper Welt shows now that the social democrat politician allowed himself to be photographed with several leading figures of the grave wolves during visits by Turkish entrepreneurs in Munich. Among them, for example, the chairman of the Turkish Educational Institute in Bavaria. The association belongs to the largest umbrella organization of the Grey Wolves in Germany. Reiter's answers to questions from journalists were rather tight-lipped. He didn't say a single word concerning the nationalist movement of Grey Wolves, and only mentioned that he wanted to advertise the third corona vaccination campaign and that it was part of his job to fulfill requests for selfies. Of course, the mayor of a city with over a million inhabitants cannot know every Turkish right-wing extremist, but he should know that grey wolves have been using photos with democratic politicians to portray themselves as harmless for decades now. And he should at least distance himself with clear words when confronted with the revaluation of nationalists. Dieter Reiter cannot be accused of being close to the grey wolves either in terms of content. But a naive political approach it is in form. If the Munich Social Democrat had been photographed with German right-wing extremists, his statement would probably have been different. Then jump from Munich to Berlin, where the Palestinian President Abbas accuses Israel of Holocaust. Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas caused outrage with Holocaust allegations against Israel during a press conference with Chancellor Olaf Scholz in Berlin. An incredible event in the Chancellery. The Chancellor should have clearly contradicted the Palestinian president and asked him to leave the house, tweeted, for example, the conservative opposition leader Friedrich Merz from the CDU party. Abbas' statement were made at the end of the press conference and were no longer commented by Chancellor Scholz. However, the Chancellor spoke up later that evening and said, especially for us Germans, any relativization of the Holocaust is unbearable and unacceptable. That's what he told the uh, Bildzeitung, a tabloid in Germany, the major tabloid. According to the Chancellor's office, Scholz was outraged by his guest statement and actually wanted to react immediately. Government spokesman Steffen Hebestreit ended the press conference as planned after Abbas' last reply. The Palestinian president was asked during the press conference whether he would apologize to Israel on the 50th anniversary of the attack on the Israeli Olympic team by Palestinian terrorists in Munich. The background to the question is the fact that Abbas was treasurer of the PLO in 1972 and 
presumably controlled the financing of the Munich terrorists, or at least knew about it. He said, Israel has committed 50 massacres in 50 Palestinian locations since 1947 to this day. Then he added, 50 massacres, 50 holocausts. Every day, people are being killed by the Israeli army. If we continue in the demand to dig up the past, yes, please, he said. He didn't answer the actual question. During the press conference, Abbas also equated the Israeli occupation with South African racial segregation during the apartheid era, but Scholz immediately objected to this argument. He said, I want to say explicitly at this point that I don't adopt the word apartheid and that I don't think that that's the right way to describe the situation, Scholz said. Abbas had previously said the transformation into the new reality of a single state in an apartheid system does not serve security and stability in the region. Austria charges against six men for involvement in the Vienna terrorist attack. One and a half years after the Islamist attack in Vienna, in which four people were killed and several others injured, the Public Prosecutor's Office has completed its indictment. Accordingly, a total of six suspects have to answer in court. All but one have been in custody for months already. According to the indictment, the six people enabled, facilitated, secured or otherwise promoted the terrorist attack of November 2, 2020. A defendant traveled to Slovakia with the assassin to buy ammunition. Another encouraged him in his decision to commit the crime on the occasion of a farewell visit. A third one actively supported him in selecting his attack target and commented positively on a farewell post. A fourth accused planned the attack with the assassin and prepared assault weapons including ammunition and other attack utensils. Another handed him the weapons and the ammunition. The sixth is accused of having helped organizing the weapons and ammunition purchase. The indictment suggests that the suspects were significantly more involved than previously known by the public. According to the indictment, more than 20 witnesses are invited to testify before court. Israel-Turkey New establishment of diplomatic relations Israel and Turkey want to fully resume diplomatic relations. Both countries have decided to reinstate ambassadors and consuls general, the office of the Israeli Prime Minister Yair Lapid said. This is the result of Lapid's visit to Ankara and talks with the Turkish President Erdogan. The resumption of relations with Turkey is an important win 
for regional stability and important economic news for Israeli citizens, Lapid said. The re-establishment of full diplomatic relations is the continuation of a rapprochement process over the past year, it is said. In May, Israeli President Herzog was the first Israeli to travel to Turkey in 10 years. The once close allies, Turkey and Israel, fell out in 2010 after 10 Turkish citizens were killed when the Israeli Navy stormed a Gaza solidarity ship. In 2016, there was a first rapprochement, but however, since the Gaza crisis in 2018, which escalated around the opening of the US embassy in Jerusalem, the two countries have had no ambassadors in each other's countries. So that's it for today, the last special summer edition of our Europe Monitor. Please let me also announce a special episode next week uh, where I'm going to have a talk with a human rights activist and human rights lawyer from Central Asia, Kyrgyzstan, who had to leave her country and lives now here in Europe. I'm talking with her about the situation regarding Muslims in Central Asia, extremism in Central Asia, its dangers also for Europe, but also her personal uh, position as a Muslim here in Europe and how she can compare this uh, with the situation in her home country. So stay tuned, this episode will be published next week. So have a nice rest of the week and enjoy the last summer days before we all have to go back to our regular work. Take care and all the best from Vienna. Bye-bye. <laughs>